Section 5 of Dear Godchild. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Phil Chenevere. Dear Godchild by Marguerite Bernard and Edith Sorel. Section 5, Letters 21 to 25. June 3, 1917, 18 Rue d'Autancourt, Paris. Dear Godfather, it is great damage that the pretty egg of Easter I sent you be smashed up, but I regret yet more that to receive my pocket make you dispute yourself in Dutch, like you say, with the little villain in school. All the same, I am content you landed him one in the eye. I comprehend not what you want say by that, but I am sure the little bush comprehend and you are one valiant patriot. Dear Godfather, why say you the girls must go easy to learn the American? I effort myself to be instructed with the words in your letters the dictionary contains not, but if they are nothing but for little boys, I pray you to tell me the pretty words for the little girls. I am sure my dear Godfather serves himself not of villain talk, Jean was put in penitence yesterday because he say one word that is for Paulus only, and Mamma turned him against the wall in the corner with the hands behind. And do you know what he do when we regarded him not? He lick the paper on the wall and make it to come off. So Mamma give him the spank. Dear Godfather, I am happy to make you a little pleasure in sending you my portrait. I think it is well succeeded and very resembling, and will you have the obligeance to invite to me the one of you? Dear Godfather, I make to you a list of words American I comprehend not, and I hope you will have the obligeance to explain them to me. What is, for example, gee whiz, fellers, boy scouts, bum, Home defense, Colonel, Getzberg address, maybe, Poo-poo, Bug house, the Dickens, Pollywogs, and lick the stuffin' out. I effort myself very strong to find them, but it is not worth the pain to search any longer in the dictionary. Your affectionate godchild, André Leblanc. Greenville Falls, New York, July 5th. 1917. Dear Godchild, how are you? I don't see that there is any fun in life any more. I earned $1.56 picking cherries off the Burton's black cherry tree, and I thought that would make 70 cents for you, and I would spend the rest on firecrackers. Well, Toby, that is the Burton's mastiff that is always chained up, broke loose, and I guess he remembered when Johnny Smith and me had swiped some cherries last year when he was chained up, because he give one yip and come and set right under that tree, and he sat there and grinned at me all afternoon, and by and by there was a thunder shower, and I had on my blue pants that was made from dad's that had got too tight for him, and I thought when it began to rain Toby would beat it. But he just sat there and didn't move till by and by Mr. Burton come along and yank him away by the collar. Well, I hats the cherries all right, but I was soaked clear through and the collar had come off my pants and on my legs. 
It was fierce to have blue legs. Well, I thought I would stop and buy a cannon cracker and a pistol, and I wasn't going to fire them off before the fourth, but old Max Dinkelheim was walking kind of slow in front of me, and I thought I would try the pistol just once to see if it worked. So I walked a little faster, and I shot it off. Bingo! And you should have seen old Max jump. He gave one flop in the air and hollered, A boom! A boom! I guess he thought it was a submarine, and when he saw it was me, beat it after me and we run all the way home. And Max, he run right into Dad and said, Where is that boy? I will teach him to molest a peaceful citizen. And Dad said, What has he done? And he told him and said, I am going to give him the best licking of his life. And Dad rolled up his sleeves and said, Not till you lick me first. And Max kind of looked at Dad, just like in the dream, and I guess he was scarred, so he said, If you will promise to see he is punished, I will leave it to you. And Dad said, I promise. And Max left, and Dad he come up and was mad as old get-out, and he took my pistol and cannon away, and I had rather he had give me a licking, because after two days you can set down and all right again. We have just heard the Yanks have landed somewhere in France. Say, if you see a bunch of real fighters, you just go and take a look at em, and you might tell your brother Jules to take a look at them too as he might get some ideas from them. I can tell you what all those words mean. Uh, gee whiz is just gee whiz. And a feller is a guy who is about twelve or eighteen, and a bum is a feller or something that is no good, and a pollywog is an animal that is going to be a frog, and poo-poo is poo-poo, and bug-house means you have rats in the upper story, and you had better find out about the Getzberg address, and the Boy Scouts, and maybe, and the Dickens yourself, but I would go easy on them if I was you. What do you want to ask me all them things for, anyway? I ain't ask you what the vacancies are all of a hit or pinned in or any of those things are, am I? I got your photo, and I like the way your hair curls and your eyes, too, and everything, and I'm glad you are not laughing. Girls that giggle are the limit. I have one photo of myself, and I look as if I would die grinning because the man that took it was jumping up and down and saying, Look here, look here. Say, would you really like to have it? I don't think you would. I don't see what good I am anyway. I am too young to enlist, and I don't think you really like me. I guess maybe I had better go to sea or something. Your affectionate godfather, James P. Jackson, Jr. P.S. I went butterflying today and had good luck. 18 Rue d'Autancourt, Paris, August second nineteen seventeen dear godfather you know what it is the kafad in the dictionary it says it is a roach and that is a little beast black like your pollywogs i think but in the polu talk it means not that when there is no more fun in life i am not good for anything anyhow like you say that is what they call to have the kafar and it is very bad in the army it is to make a bad morale, and we must wind ourselves up. Dear Godfather, you must be content, because I love you much, and you take so great pain, and you labor so hard to entertain me. I want make you happy in your heart, so you have no more the cafard. Dear Godfather, 
I will tell you the American polus have come. On Monday last we hear the music on the road, and the mistress tell us this afternoon all the children must put on aprons clean, and we go to see past the Americans. And Mamma gave me five sous for purchase a bouquet for give them in souvenir of my dear godfather, and the florist gave me two roses red, and I enveloped them in paper wet for hold them fresh. And all the little girls march in rank like soldiers, two by two, on the road where the Americans come. And the gendarmes march before us to make spread open the crowd. So we come, and we stand in the rank, and it make a very long line, and shake the flag American and wait. The sun was brilliant and very hot, and after a very long moment we hear the big music come around the corner, and all bodies were screaming, Vive l'Amérique! Vive les Etats-Unis! Hurrah, Samis! And the gentlemen throw up their hats in the air, and all of a hit we see the banner of stars coming down the street, and I look, and all the little girls at a time kneel themselves on the sidewalk, and I make the sign of the cross, and the little girls at back of me laugh and mock at me, but the mistress say it is all right. The sign of the cross is good for the flag, too. And when the flag pass, we arise and say hurrah also, and one soldier American regard me with a smile. Then I take my courage with two hands and cast away the roses on him, and he catch and kiss me with his hand and put the roses in his coat. His name is Teddy, and I love him much. I know, because he come see me, because I write my name with two E's, and address tied to the roses. My mamma was very much surprised when she see Monsieur Teddy come and ring to the door. He is very well elevated and very beautiful. He has buckled hairs, and a line on one side, and his figure is raised. His uniform is the color of the ground. It is not so much pretty as the French police, who are the color of the sky. And his hat is tied like a bonnet of old woman, with a shoelace in the back. But I love him all the same. He take me on his knees and say, Parlez-vous Francais? And he began to recite the verb au revoir, because he know nothing more of French. And so I say I know very well the American, and I talk to him, and he laugh very strong. And he give me a piece of bonbon, very droll. It is mint, but it is like elastic. I eat a great number of pieces because I want not to offense him, and Teddy all of a hit becomes very much frightened. What? he say. You did swallow the chewing gum. And I say, naturellement, I swallow the bonbon. And Teddy say a bad English word and run away without his hat. And he come back with a bottle of ipecac, and I will not take because I know what it may do. And poor Teddy was very much desolated. He come every day to get my news. And today he brings a bonbon French that we swallow. Today he asked me, will I be his little adopted girl the next year when you have finished with me? And I say, maybe I will. And he say, bully for you, you're a peach. I make him write because it is the American and not in the dictionary. Goodbye, dear godfather, your affectionate godchild, André Leblanc. P.S. 
I am surprised you ask who is Monsieur le Curé. Only the pagans have not knowledge of him. Are you one pagan? I think you say that to make laugh. It is very bad to mock yourself of Monsieur le Curé. To Mr. James P. Jackson, Jr., Dear Sir, Due to the great confusion and delay existing in the mails at the present time, we have not until now been able to repair our error concerning your godchild. We take pleasure in announcing that we are now in a position to supply you with a boy, as formerly requested. As to the little girl, we can no doubt provide for her until other arrangements can be made. Elderly gentlemen, we find, are particularly fond of adopting little girls. Hoping you will pardon our delay, and inform us as soon as possible concerning your wishes in this matter, we beg to remain sincerely yours, the Junior Committee of the Fatherless Children of France. Greenville Falls, New York. Dear Miss Secretary, It is more than kind of you to bother about changing my girl into a boy, but it can't be done, because I have changed my mind about it, but I thank you all the same. You see, it is this way. At first I wanted a boy, and I was kind of sore after setting my heart on one to get a girl. But the girl you give me is different from most girls. She seems to have a lot of real sense and I have got kinder used to her, and, well, I wouldn't like to have her unprovided and waitin' for an old gentleman to adopt her. Some old gentlemen are awful cranks. Old Sam Barton, who is our neighbor, is the limit. He has had five wives, and mother says Lord only knows what he has done with them. Anyway, we don't. And she has sort of been taking it easy while I was supportin' her, and the change would come hard to her. I mean, my godchild, not Sam Burton's wife. Anyway, the year is most over, and you know how folks talk. Fust thing I knew they would say young Jackson's a fickle feller. Thought he'd adopt an orphan, and now he's swapped his girl for a boy. You know how people will talk. So I guess I can stand my godchild for this year anyway, and after that we shall see. Of course, I was simply sterilized when I learnt she was a girl, but even a girl is preferable to a boy that wore shawls and said everything was pretty and kissed you with the bottom of his heart. She has cut that out now, and I am getting her in pretty good shape, explaining what's what to her and everything, so I guess we can manage, but I am obliged to you for the asking. Yours truly, James P. Jackson, Jr. End of Section 5